I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue Skies over West London. Sort of. I haven't really checked. Um, but Jules, <laughs> what a show because we have wow. proper, legit title race yeah. in Germany. Proper, legit title race. Slightly less so, perhaps, but still. One point gap. Close. In the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but we're going to start with Real Madrid uh, winning the Copa del Rey. They've got a huge game coming up uh, in midweek on Tuesday night yeah. against, uh, against Manchester City. They're playing Osasuna in the final. Uh, Osasuna, we know, a team that, that defends well, that works hard. Some people are going to say they overachieved being where they are this season, but they got some big results this year. Um, they come out as winners, and a bit of good fortune, perhaps, on both yeah. goals. But overall, in terms of, champ- of chances created, I thought... Real Madrid deserve this, yeah? Yeah, although I thought Sasuna was more in the game than maybe we anticipated before. That it was more of an even final than everybody thought, okay, they're gonna Real Madrid are gonna smash them. They're too too good, so much better. They scored after 120 seconds or something yeah. like that. It was crazy that first Rodrigo goal. So when you one nil down after two minutes in the final against Real Madrid, nobody gives you any hopes really. But Osasuna fought back really, really well and in the end they lost 2-1. They came back to 1-1. If they had been able to to keep the score 1-1 for a little bit longer because Rodrigo scored again in the 70th minute so after that it was kind of over even if the end was a bit nervy but yeah, I thought they, they they could be proud of themselves and, and so could their fans um, We were talking about this off air before you love rattling these numbers off I think they're slightly meaningless Nah, but, come on Come on, come on T- Tell me about the titles Tell me about the titles It's just that Karim Benzema won his 25th I love how you start with Karim Benzema with all due respect it's Real Madrid's 100th title. Yeah, Real Madrid's 100th. Can we but start was, with that with a big number? No, because I was going to say that like, Karim Benzema has now won a quarter of all the trophies that Real Madrid won. Okay, Real Madrid <laughs> number 100, which is in itself incredible. The 20th uh, Copa del Rey as well, which is pretty special. They played 40 finals, 20 wins, 20 defeats. Pretty good uh, in terms of balance. And then, <laughs> so what does that mean? It's not really good. It's not good 2020, <laughs> but just like the fact that it's 40 2020, it's amazing. Uh, and then Kareem the Dream with the 25th title with Real Madrid. It's incredible. It's a quarter of what they won. It's like what Marcelo did before him. Uh, I, just, I just think, I know you say it's meaningless because they count the Super Cup. The, the Spanish Super Cup, the European Super Cup, but there's still trophies. You have a trophy when you win it mm-hmm. that you can lift. I just think 25 trophies for Real Madrid is just incredible. And I think he's won every single one with either Cristiano or uh, nah, Ancelotti or Zidane. No, no, nah, just saying, just saying. Here we go. Why are you dissing him? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, although he did have a quiet game. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I kind of feel like this season, if you look at his overall numbers, they're high. But it seems like he comes in bursts, and then he takes a quiet game, and then he comes in yeah, bursts yeah, again. Yeah. There may be no um, consistency game to game, for sure. The match winner in this game for me, or the guy who, for better or for worse, is a complete X factor, is Vinicius. Yeah, both those, yeah. he, he created both those goals. Yeah. He may not have gotten the assist, and I know there were deflections and whatever. But the reality, what I love is for all the tactics that we have in the game and, and stuff like that, there's nothing to stop a guy who's really, really fast getting the ball, taking on a defender one-on-one, creating an overload and, and creating havoc. And, and that, yeah. And there's few players in the world, maybe even more than uh, than Mbappe, who I think is a better, better rounded player. Mm. There's nobody else whose game is so much about that uh, as Vinicius. And and I don't say it in a negative way, saying he's one-dimensional yeah, because no, no. he uses that then to score goals, to create assists, to create disruption. Yeah, incredible it was. I mean, again, it's. 
on Leo Sasuna, but to be fair, they, they've always defended quite well this season, but he could go inside, he could go on the outside, you can come close, and like he did in the first half, he dummies the ball, that then nutmegs the defender behind him, goes round and get the ball. It's just, you, you just don't know how, I think, to, not just to stop him, but how to kind of handle him. Which is most importantly where your position is, what the best position is against Vinicius. And because they find him all the time and they look for him all the time and they can play into space, they can play into feet. Like I said, you can go inside, outside now. It's just, it's just so difficult. And one of the keys of the game against City, of course, is, is going to be Vinicius. This is the Vinicius stat that gets me. Um, this season, he has 10 yellow cards in La Liga. That's crazy. Um, again, in the big five European leagues, Cati Castellanos is the only one who yeah. has more, and he has 11. Among, among wingers and yeah, yeah, in forwards, that kind of position, right? yeah. obviously defensive yeah, midfielders yeah. will get more. Um, that is a ton. And if you look at the list of ones that have the most, it's generally guys who play for bad teams who don't have much of the ball, or it's often like burly strikers who... Yeah. You know, physically engaged offenders like yeah, Ivan yeah. Tony, I think, is yeah, like it, yeah. it's guys like that. Um, he's got ten in La Liga. He's got five in the Copa del Rey. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I'm guessing he must have played maybe what forty games yeah, in that competition. More, like maybe, that. Yeah, yeah um, In the Champions League, where Real Madrid have played ten games, he only has one. Yeah. Is this a thing? Does it mean? He gets officiated differently in the Champions League? I don't know if he's the officiating. I think the environment is certainly very, very different what he has in Europe than what he has in La Liga, where he's clearly the target everywhere, especially away from home. I'd be interesting to know, not for now, but how, how many of those stands were at the Bernabeu or away from home? And I wouldn't be surprised if most of them were away from home, where clearly the provocation on him is quite high, the environment is quite toxic. We mentioned the racial abuse, of course, but even even... Even behind, beyond that, if we can call it that way, where I think they, they just wind him up all the time. They go after him, they go and go. And if it's not a foul physically, like, you know, I, I kind of smash, smash into you, then it would be the verbal provocation, all of that, which I don't think is right. And we've said that before. It's not me trying to defend Vinicius. It's just that this is not an environment where you should be playing football when you're one of the best players in the world or even a random player. And I think certainly in Europe is very is very very different. We we've seen a lot of the Real Madrid games in Europe this season where you never had that kind of tension that you could see in La Liga's game, for example. Yeah, it it is a good point. Also, obviously, when Real Madrid play, like Barcelona too, especially away from home, you know, it's like the game of the season for yeah, a lot of, course. of the opposition. Yeah, yeah. So you've got that that that. Yeah, but it's the same for City or PSG or Bayern Munich, and none of their forwards have that kind of yellow cards. And that gets me to wonder. This can become an issue. This can become an issue because yellow cards, first of all, you're one mistake away from a red card. I know he doesn't do much defending or track yeah. back at all, but you know it is something that, got, that has to be in your mind. And second of all, obviously, you pick up suspensions. Um, I, I find it weird that I feel like over the last two years, he's matured tremendously yeah. as a player on the pitch mm. and in the contributions he gives. But this is something that you know, with two years of Ancelotti, I would have thought this is something you stamp out. And he's still, still young, there. you know. He's yeah. not. He's he not. He's young. not Rodrigo. He's no, not Rodrigo Young. What no, is he twenty three now? Yeah, but he's still young. For I mean, again, is there any other players in that kind of 
position and situation than Vini this season like this season or in the past two seasons that is the target like that that the wingers players who are targeted because they're the best player on their team yeah but look I mean uh, yeah but look at Jack maybe? Grealish okay Jack Grealish there's a lot of fights committed on him but there's none of the rest that Vinicius is going through right now I, I think he's, he's a unique case in a way and that's why I think maybe I, I, I think your point is valid I think he will he will learn a lot from what is happening. I think he would mature even more on, on how to re, not to react on the pitch, not to fall into the provocation, not to do this. And, and it'd be interesting to see if the pattern of yellow cards continues in next season, for example, or not. But surely there will be a point where he will be able to handle it better maybe than why he's done. I mean, better. It, it just seems that these yellow cards are... are like you might touch upon this before. They're often avoidable. You know, it's dissent... Yeah. with the referee, it's arguing with the referee, it's winding up opponents, and, you know, these are things that you don't need to do. You know, wind them up after the final whistle if you need to troll them, for example. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, there, there's an element to that discipline, and there's a reason why so many of the greatest players in history don't get a ton of yellow cards. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, yes, I know Messi got sent off in his first ever appearance for Argentina, whatever, although that was kind of a silly call. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. I just think it's something to no, consider. No, it's very interesting, especially in an age of VAR as well. Yeah, you know, I, I would have thought some of the abuse that he gets when he gets fouled um, would have come down relative to what it might have been a few years ago. You know, this isn't the age where people could kick lumps out of the opposition and the referee wasn't looking and yeah, they get away with sure. it. A word on Luka Modric because. It's one of those eternal debates. We, we took it for a bed that they'd extend his contract for another season. He's obviously been productive in many, many games when he's been fit this year. Mm. And you feel that he could have a bit part role next year, maybe appearing in big games, giving you something different. Instead, we're not really... It, it appears he hasn't extended his contract yet. Not yet, no. But neither has really Tony Cruz officially or Karim Benzema either. But I wouldn't be surprised if all three... I mean... Benzema is going to stay. I think Cruz will stay too. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that Modric will stay as well. I'm wondering if maybe these people haven't extended their contract, especially Modric's case. Benzema may be a bit different, but they want to know who the next manager is and what the, and whether the next the, the new manager is the same as the old manager, whether Carletto sticks around another year, yeah. which you know he may do. He Would may you not believe do. Florentino when he says that Carlo's staying? So he's got another, he's got another yeah. year left on his contract. So if, but Florentino Perez has said things like that before that didn't actually happen. No, exactly. So I don't, no, I, I don't think it matters what, I mean, he, he can now. say whatever he likes. Yeah. I mean, in the run-up to the Champions League, what are you going to say? Like, no, Ancelotti's <laughs> definitely leaving, you know. Um, and equally, I wouldn't expect Ancelotti to come out exactly. and say that Which he's he leaving should he want to leave, yeah. you know. Like, if he wins another Champions League, riding off into the sunset, oh, maybe mean, yeah. to Brazil... Is not a bad way to go out. Oh, no, it's the best way. And then they build him a statue as well. Well, but it also takes off... It also means that next season, you're rebuilding the team. Because I think we all agree, those three guys you mentioned, Modric, Kroos, Benzema, they're all getting older. Mm -hmm. You know, Real Madrid have all those guys in expiring contracts. They have big calls to make. Yeah, yeah. You can go do that and you can kind of, you know, hit the reset button, start with a new manager... And yeah, not completely. have a guy who's been successful there before and is only going to be there another year. Yeah. So I, I, I think it would make sense. Definitely. I would imagine these guys are waiting. And maybe Real Madrid are also waiting. Yeah, probably. To see how things unfold. And again, there's not really any rush. I mean, you can still sign Jude Bellingham, which looks more and more likely 
day after day and keep Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, you know, I don't think it would harm you to have another year of Luka Modric even on the, on his on his salary. They've got they can afford Bellingham and keeping Cruz and Modric, hundred percent. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a hundred percent on that in the sense that if you bring in. If you bring in Bellingham, right? When we've talked about this before, right? You've, all of a sudden, it's Bellingham, Schuermany, Valverde, Camavinga, right? Yeah. <coughs> These are younger players, players who are going to need to grow together. You're going to want to give them a lot of minutes. Yeah. So, given that I think Dani Ceballos has been really, really good this year. Yeah. And you may want to keep him around, too. And he can do, not as well, but he can do some of the things that Modric and Kroos do in terms of, of providing that quality, that, that creativity. That's five guys there. I think you can carry one other veteran, but given the kind of money that Kroos and Modric are on, I'm not sure it makes sense. If Bellingham arrives, then to add another guy. I think Kamavinga would be almost as a left back than a midfielder anyway. So uh, Fernand Mendy thanks you for that, for that vote of confidence. is going to leave the club in the summer. Um, so then already you've, that's, take, that's taken one out of that midfield kind of rotation if you want. Not all the time maybe, but for, for most of it, especially if Carlos stays. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it would be a bad idea to keep both Modric, if, you, if they can, of course, both Modric and Cruz and having still that young bunch of midfielders behind or with them and and then you can do a very clever smart rotation all right let's do a brief exercise here um champions league semi-final Woo! mean and inter if we were to do percentages it's a toss-up yeah yeah i'll okay. go 50 50 maybe 55 45 inter because of leao right yeah leao and the form that inter have been really um but real madrid and city <gasps> a I'd lot of people have city as not overwhelming favorites because they still respect Real Madrid's, yeah. but his solid favorites. Yeah, you're going that way, sixty percent or above. Yeah, 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 fifty-five, forty-five at least, and then the most optimistic can go sixty, forty. I think that would be maybe a little bit too much. I I just think that unless something miraculous happens again, like last season, I just don't see personally how. And you know how much I love Karim Benzema. I don't see how this Real Madrid team can. Can trouble City well, over two legs with the second leg in, in Manchester. I'll tell you who can see how. Yeah. And that is Rafa Benitez. Okay. Now, he didn't come out and predict that Real Madrid were going to beat City. But he kind of put up a bit of a bit of a game plan yeah. about how this game could unfold, right? Um, and he cited... I mean, two of them I think are pretty obvious. But it's good to remind yourselves of it, right? One is... Counterattacking quickly, of course, and getting somebody between the lines. Yeah, and in that sense, Karim Benzema dropping off, yeah. maybe Modric stepping into that space. They have people who can do that, and obviously Vinicius running behind. Yeah, and Rodrigo, which is and, to be fair, City is the perfect team for Madrid to play against because they can give them, leave them the ball. City will have a lot of the ball, and Madrid will hit them on the counter. I'm also not sure. Like, I mean, I was watching this game on BT Sport and uh, here in the UK and. Somebody's just like, oh, well, you know, you'll get Kyle Walker matched up against Vinicius. He's just as fast. And I kind of feel like, no, he's not just as fast as Vinicius. He's 10 years older than Vinicius. Yeah. Like, he may be very fast. He's a phenomenal athlete and whatever. Equally, Vinicius is Vinicius. So this idea that, like, you know, and and Walker's had an up and down season this year. Yeah. So he's the best one to match up with Vinicius. Whether Vinicius can still. I wouldn't say he's the best one. I would say he's the only one to match up with Vinicius. Well, no, because you could put Akanji, they can put another player there. But he's the best one of what they have. If you play Akanji in that role, 
um, then you've got an Akanji-shaped hole in the middle, right? But Akanji played right back against Bayern Munich, against Leroy Sané. So Vinicius well, is better than Sané and quicker, maybe. But no, no, I know, but then you have to make an adjustment inside, right? Yeah, Stones and Diaz. Right, and then... So there's no you have, you have Stone stepping into midfield. So Walker, yeah, 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 which I think is going to be the plan from a city um, So that's kind of an obvious one. The other thing he reminded us of is set pieces. Real Madrid are physically, he yeah. said, I haven't gone back to look at it, but it does seem to make sense. They're a bigger, strong, physically stronger team than Manchester City. Really? Well, Rafa said so. Because and Rafa's won I'll, the Champions League. It's funny because I had that conversation with Neda Monua the other day when we were at the Premier League together. And uh, looking at the, Arsenal, the City Arsenal game, the difference in physicality between the two teams was, I thought, quite striking. Because a City, if you take Diaz, Stones, Walker, even Akanji, there's four big, big boys. Rodri is huge. Haaland is huge. Right. Okay, then you've got KDB, okay, Grealish, okay. I'll no, give you that. No, no, but here, take those six, right? I don't think Rod, Rodri's very, well, Rodri's tall and strong. Yeah. He's not necessarily the terrifying, he's not John Terry, you know, heading balls into the back of the neck. No, who Early, is for Real Madrid, though? Militao? Benzema's pretty good. Yeah, yeah but, but not on pieces. He's a pretty good header of the ball. No, yeah, but not on set pieces. Benzema never scores a header on corners or wide free. I didn't know this was a rule, but... No, 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 I'm just saying. Like, you said you say that Rafa Benitez says that on set pieces, Real Madrid would be dangerous. Well, because Militao scored against Liverpool in, in the quarterfinals? I guess when you put it that way, you may have a point. Because if it's a Alaba Militao, I mean, Militao is suspended the first, the first leg right. anyway. So it would be, so the no Militao, who you would have said is the best would header be, of the ball. Probably, yeah. So already he's not I there in the Benzema first leg. I think Benzema is the best header of the ball, but yeah, you've, but on, you've on set decided pieces. that he's not allowed to score no, no, on set pieces. No, on set pieces, I'm just saying. Okay, right. So, I mean, I don't know where Rafa got that set pieces threat, but Militao won't be the biggest threat that Ramirez because yeah. he's suspended. So, okay, you've got Karim. If, uh, you know, if Alaba plays a centre-back, Kamavinga left-back, Carvajal right-back, neither of them can. Okay, Rudiger, I'll give you that. Modric can't, Cruz can't, Valverde can't really, he's not really that it's kind not of... really his thing. You're so right. who, where is the threat coming from? Okay, maybe Rafa got... got <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm just... Maybe Rafa got that specific... Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm Rafa. I'm sorry, Rafa, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. I was just wondering. I was just wondering. I, I mean, it's possible. He also, I guess it also means, like, free kicks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's, that's, then, yeah, of course. Manchester City have a bunch of people who are pretty good at taking free kicks too. So yeah. I don't know that this is necessarily an advantage. Okay, my, the, my question the, for you, would he, you start Gundogan? Yeah, 100%. So you start Rodri, Gundogan, KDB, and then what? Bernardo, Haaland, Grealish? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first leg anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just wonder if somewhere there's... there's a oh, no, are we going to see the, the Pep overthinking curveball? No no no, 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 just you put Bernardo in midfield and no Gundogan for I mean, Gundogan is in great form. So I, I don't know that you need to do that away from home. And in fact, and this was a good transition to Rafa's other thing, Rafa said that what makes Real Madrid really good is obviously they don't press the way City do. Yeah. But they can press intermittently and they can do it very effectively. Um... And then they can also have long spells of possession. So yeah. in other words, they can do it. They can do it both ways. And he came out, and he's talking about himself as Rafa often does. Of course, but yeah. um, he said, you know, my best teams, whether it was Liverpool, whether it was uh, Valencia, I had we had teams that could do that. It's something that I really believe in, and I think it's something this Real Madrid team do really well. 
Now we can go back and debate. I don't think his Valencia team were necessarily that good in possession. No. The way he remembers them. Or indeed his Liverpool teams either, frankly. Yeah. But um, it is something that Real Madrid are much better rounded that way. Real Madrid can have, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're yeah. taking his red that Rodrigo's going to start. But let's say he doesn't. If you have a red that... You have a man advantage in midfield. You yep. can make Man City chase you around, maybe pick up some yellow cards, foul you a lot, you get set yeah. pieces, and you can strike and you can strike on the counter. You can you can do that in transition yeah, when yeah, you decide yeah. to press. Yeah. I think making those calls at the right time, that's gonna be the real challenge for Ancelotti. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, against Chelsea, for example, we saw uh, the moments in the game where they were doing that very, very effectively, you're right. I'm more worried about how they get out of the city press because I don't really think they, they've got patterns to beat press like that. The, the way they do it is that they're so good individually and so clever as players that they can, you know, you press them high and they will always find an amazing touch from Modric or Cruz or, Cruz or Benzema or Vinicius, someone like that to get out of the press. But it's not something that, you know, if they're pressed like that, we do this, we can build in a three, no, no, or we no. can build in a two, that kind of stuff. It's not as maybe structured that way, but they still could be very good at it. And you're right, I think Valverde is the key player for me because he, if he's everywhere, and, and if he starts, which if we don't he starts, know if he starts. We think, but he said after the final on Saturday that he was, that he, I think he was tired. Then if if he can if yeah you're right if, if that midfield from Real Madrid can be efficient in pressing City when they decide to from a from a mid block for example, but then also can be the City press which I expect City to press quite aggressively even at the Bernabeu on Tuesday night, um, then then I think Real Madrid will have a big chance because once they beat the press then they will be all over City. Like you said there, that's the thing. If they beat the press or the other way to beat the press is just you lump the ball into space and that True, takes us back to Vinicius, right? Yeah. He takes us back to Vinicius, takes us back to Benzema where, you know, he may not run behind everybody, but if there's a ball in the air and it's Benzema against Ruben Diaz and, and Stones who are, who are very good, I think it can still be 50-50, not just that Benzema takes it down, but that Benzema takes it down and then makes an intelligent pass, yeah, yeah. right? To get a quality possession out of it. Uh, so in that sense, I think they are they are a good match. But yeah, obviously, City are going to be, to most people, slight favorites. Yes, yeah, you think so. The we'll other see. wild card I throw in there. Rodrigo? I, no, it's the goalkeepers. Yeah. I think Courtois has been phenomenal. Yeah. I think Courtois' ceiling is higher than Ederson's. Yeah. I think Ederson's been up and down. You know, could this tie be decided by goalkeeping errors as well? And yeah, maybe. Or even not, not just errors, but saves that you would make, again, a court were made. The, the, hum one really the, the humans season. don't normally make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 It could be like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash 
Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Madrid. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Manchester City stay top of the Premier League with a 2-1 win over Leeds. Uh, but Jules, this ending yeah. was a lot nervier than it should have been. It was. They were tuning up, cruising to go by Kagundoan. Uh, creating chances, Erling Haaland could have scored. Eighty-one uh, percent possession. Are you kidding me? But Big Sam is the greatest manager in the world right now. You know, <laughs> he's as good ball, as Pep. Yeah. Of course, he could win the treble. Um, and then, and then, a mistake by Kanji. Rodrigo scores, and then the last ten minutes become a bit like, oh, a free corners, a, f- a few free kicks, that kind of stuff. In the end, they were much, much better than Leeds. Uh, but yeah, they could have made just uh, the afternoon a bit easier for them. For the squeaky bum time. I yeah, think. exactly. Erling Haaland. Got an earful of abuse from Pep Guardiola, Gabi, for letting Ika Gundogan take the penalty at 2-0. Are you okay with, with that? I mean, I don't know. Are you okay with him letting the pen or with I Pep? I have no problem with him letting Gundogan take the penalty. Um, but I, I'm going to explain in a minute why I think Pep regarded, reacted the way he did. Right? People say, oh, no, because he knows it's fine margins and blah, blah, blah. Like, <clears throat> it's not like he went out there and had... David De Gea take the penalty in his place. Ilkay Gundogan's penalty record is 13 out of 15 for club and country. Right, Holland's, it, it was before he missed this one. Yeah. Holland's was 30 for 33, which is better. But, you know, Holland also missed a penalty more recently than Gundogan. So I don't really have an issue. I think the reason he did that is the old coaches thing. Jules, when you were having a bad game and you kept shanking balls left and right and missing all your, uh, your shots on goal and your yeah. chances, if you had a good coach... He wouldn't tell you, all right, Jules, it's not your day. Stop shooting. No, he'd tell you, keep shooting, yeah. right? That's what you tell us. like basketball, any sport, right? Yeah, you yeah, keep. yeah. And I think Pep saw, I think Holland had a really bad game in terms of finishing. Yeah. He could have had a hat trick, yeah, right? Yeah, easily. He took six shots all over the place. Yeah. I think Pep said, I want to plant in this guy's head. I don't care. You need to be confident. You need to keep going. Which, by the way, I don't think he's lacking for confidence. He might have seen it as like, uh, I'm being kind to Gundogan. He's got a chance to get a hat trick. But I think Pep says, I'm going to stamp this out. You're the main man. You're going to keep shooting. But then do it before the penalty is taken then. Everybody could see that Haaland, Haaland was not was giving the ball to Gundogan. Pep could have stood up then, shouted, no, 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 no. You take it. Instead of waiting for the penalty to be missed, then to say to Haaland, you should have taken it. You should have taken it. Uh, maybe he was distracted. Who knows? Yeah. Arsenal keep pace with City Jewels, winning 2-0 at St. James Park. How about Udegaard? And more than yeah. that, my boy Georgie in midfield. Yeah, yeah, outstanding performance from Jorginho. Uh, man of the match performance for sure. Outstanding performance from Arteta for playing Jorginho had a party. I don't get the party playing badly. You're the same morons going out there. Jorginho gives the ball away. Jorginho's too weak. Jorginho's a feat. How about you actually win something and you wash your mouth out with All soap right. before right. mentioning right. Jorginho's All name? Right. All right. Overall, very... I mean, I thought the game was... Amazing. Anyway, could have finished, maybe should have finished 4-3 to Arsenal because of the chances that they created. Two teams that went and pressed and, and played and, and did really, really well. Uh, and I think for a team that has only was, lost one before at home, uh, and it was against Liverpool, Newcastle, for Arsenal to go there and win like that was very, very impressive. I think I'm right saying Liverpool are the only team to have beaten Newcastle uh, in the Premier League since 2021. I think Liverpool might have done it twice, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Newcastle played I mean, well, by the way. Really I think we right. need to give really them uh, right. a shout out too. Yeah, yeah. made a big save. This kind of, you know, they hit the woodwork twice. twice this could yeah. have gone 
another way, but huge reaction from Arsenal. Yeah, no, very, what very a player Odegaard is. Yeah, mani magnificent. Big win for Milan as they beat Lazio 2 0 San Siro, Gabi, to stay within two points of fourth place in Serie A. But how concerned should it be about Rafael Leao? I'm going to start with Leao because he came off after just uh, 11 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's a muscular injury, it's touch and go. Um, we'll know more sort of as the story develops. Uh, if he can't play, hugely concerned because it's a derby, it's a special atmosphere. You know this game's going to be tied. These are two yeah. very evenly matched teams. And in those situations, you need the guy who can go and create out of nothing, who can beat a man. Exactly. Like we talked about before with Vinicius. Nobody at Milan, probably nobody in Serie A, does that better than yeah. Rafael Leao. Uh, as for the game itself, Lazio, I thought, were terrible. They were bad. Um, well, goal by Teo, though. Wow. He, wow. Teo did that thing where, you know, he gets the ball deep, just starts running, beats players, the Teo Express. Uh, yeah, full Teo Express. And just unloads it from inside, outside the box. Scored a goal like that um, previously against Atalanta. Um, first goal, a defensive mistake from Lazio. Lazio never back yeah. in the game after that. Really disappointing, I think, from Lazio. West Ham beat Manchester United 1-0, and the David De Gea mistake proves Ooh. very costly. Ooh. Jules, Eric Ten Hag says he wants him to stay. I suspect you still feel different. Yeah, so I'm going to repeat it again. There is absolutely no reason for Manchester United to extend David De Gea's contract. I know he's got the most clean sheet this season in the Premier League or something like that. And I keeps repeating the same stuff. He's not good enough. He's not good enough with the ball. He's not even good enough anymore on his line. This is, this is a pass from Saeed Ben Rama, who I've got a lot of time for. This is a pass. It's like a back pass. It's me <laughs> passing the ball to you, Gab. How can he not stop that ball? I, it's unreal. I think he didn't expect the shot to be so weak. The pass, you mean? The, the pass, pass. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, but this is just a bad game from him. Also, the, the Antonio one, where like he goes yeah. and he gets all like, you know. Uh, so you know what I'm encouraged with is the fact that Ten Hag used to say when Cristiano was there, "Oh yeah, I want him to stay. It's very important." <laughs> yeah. And so I'm hoping that the same happens to David De Gea. Now, we're Come United on, United. Right. One point lead, one game in hand. Is Liverpool behind him. Are they yeah. going to be okay? Mm, I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm really not so sure. I think Liverpool have all the momentum. Liverpool still not really firing on all cylinders, maybe. But United are winning the last four Premier right. League matches. You know, it's it's difficult. Bayern win away to Werder Bremen two one and keep their one point lead at the top of the Bundesliga. Gab, were you impressed? No, I'm not impressed. <laughs> no. Neither are most Bayern fans. Neither yeah. was Tuchel. Um, you know, he tried some interesting. I think. I think. Look, the main takeaway for me is there's two things one is this team has stopped scoring three goals a game under in all competitions under that Julian Nagelsmann who was so terrible they absolutely had to get rid of him uh, if you take away the Tuchel's first game against Borussia Dortmund when yeah. they were gifted three goals uh, they're averaging like 1.1 goal a game since then to me that is the single biggest thing right? the goals have dried up and by the way Lewandowski wasn't there this season for Nagelsmann either right? so that can't really be an no, excuse that's true that's true I, Tuchel's trying. Tuchel's trying different things. Some Masrawi's playing pretty yeah, well, but then again, he already grumbles. Well, if I don't play regularly, Gravenberg got his only second start of the season. Yeah. Did okay. Cancelo's more involved. He's trying to kind of reinvent the team on the fly. That's true. He should have never been put in this position. And I really hope um, chickens come home to roost for some people at Bayern. Liverpool, as I mentioned, are a single point behind United. Well, of course, have that game in hand after Mo Salah gives them a 1-0 win over Brentford. Jules, six wins in a row. Yeah, eight unbeaten now, six wins in a row. Only City really have, have matched that up. Everybody around them have lost points, drawing, losing. And they're not, and you're right, it's, they're not always they're not the good. most convincing. No, but, okay. but they win. You find a way of winning. Trent was very impressive, I thought, again, in midfield, to go back to the discussion we had on the last show about 
him being a midfielder permanently or keeping that kind of hybrid right back central mid pos positions if you want uh, and Mo Salah scored scored again you know they could have had more they could have considered pro probably of course it's not perfect by far but you take the wins now and you know what if you were United you would be worried I think to be fair if Darwin Nunez could finish which yeah, he didn't really exactly. do much in this game exactly and sticking with Liverpool Gabby you predicted the national anthem Play that on field on the day of King Charles' coronation would be booed, and you were right. I think everybody knew this. Everybody, everybody knew it was going to happen. Shame on the Premier League for putting Liverpool in this position because yeah. it's a lose-lose. People, and it, look, even even Jordan 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 Henderson is pictured on television singing along with the anthem. Right, Jordan Henderson is English. Right, nothing. He should be free to do that. And then he gets booed, and then people have to go at the fans. Don't put people in this position. People have a go yeah. at, at Jordan Henderson for singing his national anthem, right? Well, why put him in that position? Why put Liverpool in this position? Jurgen Klopp, as I was diplomatic, says, thank God we have free speech. There's a lot of people here who, who have an issue with the monarchy. And by the way, for those who don't know, I don't think it's just the national anthem issue. The national anthem is literally God save the king. Yeah. So if you happen to be among those Liverpool fans, and it's not all Liverpool fans, who have a serious problem with the monarchy, uh, you're not going to want to sing that, and you may well boo that, yeah. right? It's not like the anthem's like, oh, long live Britain, are we great? Britain this, Britain that, right? Which is the way most anthems are. This is specifically about the king. So yeah. uh, I, it was just so unnecessary Aye. to put them in so this position. Board, sure. Paris Saint-Germain beat 3-1, and their lead is six points with four games to go. Uh, Jules, no Messi, no Neymar. But a lot of oh, good luck with those first two goals. Come on, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. I don't care. We take that. 25 shots we had in that game against Trois. No good. I could probably play for them. Uh, but, but you won. Vitinha. Luis, <laughs> Verratti. It doesn't matter. They're there. You know, some of the kids played. It's good. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Speaking of Messi, Gabi apologized to his teammates in a weird room with weird lighting. And to and the club. He was wearing, he was wearing like with a, a suit. A I never, you never see him wearing a suit. Yeah. Um, and to the club for going missing and obviously missing training to fly to Saudi Arabia. He said, I insistently believe that they had a day off. And that his trip, which already been postponed twice, could not be postponed again. Hey, look, I, I the reason I wrote this question for me rather than you is because I think there's enough people out there who, yeah, who've given you a really hard time over this. I think it's very, very simple. <laughs> Thanks for the abuse. Uh, you have a contract. You have a pre-existing contract. Yep. You or your lawyers or your dad, whoever signs your contracts for you, knows that when you sign an endorsement contract elsewhere, right, your existing labor contract takes precedence over that it's you or your dad or your agent or your helper's responsibility to make sure you don't violate your contract yeah. he violated his contract it's it it's as simple as that can we knock on the head this idea that paris saint germain called him when he was already on the plane to mess with him to humiliate him yeah. whatever reason none of this happened otherwise no. he wouldn't have apologized exactly. okay so yeah maybe he did sincerely believe it you should turn it around to the people around him who do his scheduling his personal assistance and say guys what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. Samuel Ealing Jr. and Dusan Vlaovic give Juventus a 2-0 win. That was your question about Atalanta. It doesn't matter, which means they move into second place. Jules, were we too tough on Allegri? I mean, I don't think that was a, a, a great game, to be fair. Atalanta had 
okay, maybe not the biggest of chances, but they had a lot of shots. They had most of the ball, 60%. But it's a good, it's a good win, certainly. You don't have to play well sometimes to win, especially games like that that matters. As we said, the top six in Italy all met each other between the two Roman clubs, the two Milan clubs, and then Juventus against Atalanta. Uh, so six of the top seven, of course, uh, behind, behind Napoli. Really good win. Whether you, it's not convincing or... It's a good win. It doesn't mean win. that people haven't been harder on Allegri because they played rubbish football all year. And yeah. It took them a long, long time to go and, and actually play the kids. And the kids have shown. And if there's one thing, if I, I think Allegri's going to stay. I, th I think he probably should go. Yeah. But um, the legacy is going to be, hey, guys, we've invested in these kids. Let's play them. Because some of them are actually really good and yeah. can contribute. Yeah. In, and in that Atalanta game, Gary, there was some ugly abuse directed to Dusan Vlaovic, who was later booked. What's going to happen? Yeah, so this was uh, late in the game. Vlaovic uh, scores a goal to make it 2-0. Lovely goal. goal um, and then they have these songs, these stupid songs. Basically, where any kind of player from the former Yugoslavia um, gets called a gypsy, regardless yeah. of their heritage and stuff. And Vlaovic, and I think the referee handled it in the right way. Vlaovic goes to the referee and says, hey, can you hear this? And he says, yes, I can. So he applies the protocol, he suspends the game over the loudspeaker, they tell them to stop, otherwise you know, there's going to be sanctions. Um, then the game starts again. Vlaovic at the end of the game, uh, going around basically like waving his arms as if to jeep the crowd, he got himself booked for that. Now they've already said, this is a bit like the Lukaku thing, that yeah. if the booking uh, means that he's going to get suspended later on, then they're going to take the booking away. I, I, I don't think you should react to the crowd. I know it can be difficult to do. But, especially in this case, uh, this is serious abuse that shouldn't happen. But, mm. I mean, these are also professional players, right? And you can't have a precedent where you allow things to happen because bad things... Right? So, I think that policy about booking players who react has to remain. Now, yeah. there can be exceptions to it um, in extreme situations. To me, this was not an extreme situation. That said, really unacceptable, stupid words from Gasparini. I, I feel like saying that... <laughs> He should know better, but he doesn't know better because this is the kind of person he is. He may be a good football coach. He's not a very clever no. human being, I think, when he comes out and he says, well, no, there's, you know, there's, they, were, they were just winding him up. That's not racism. Uh, we've got Pasolich and Jim City. Jim City, by the way, is Albanian, right? Yeah. The implication being what? That like these guys, because you have Slavic players, then you're allowed to call Vlaovic a gypsy, and then Vlaovic isn't really a gypsy, so is it really an insult? I mean, this is stupid. No, you cannot have yeah. insults based on somebody's ethnicity or sexual orientation or religion at football games. Yeah. And then beyond that, whether you're racist or not, I don't really care. That's a problem for society. I just want to have an environment at football matches where you don't have that kind of language. Gasparini let himself out. I'm curious to see what Atalanta do because, as you know, I've been hugely critical yeah, yeah, you have, of Juve yeah. over many, many years. Yeah, yeah. But they were right in giving the two lifetime bans straight away. They were right. By the way, and nobody reports on this because it's after the fact, 171 banning orders were issued by law enforcement on the back of Juve's cooperation for the racial abuse against Romelu Lukaku in the game. This is actually real action, real yeah. things. I would love for Atalanta to go and do something similar uh, or for something similar to happen. Yeah, yeah. Borussia Dortmund destroyed Wolfsburg 6-0 and even miss a penalty along yeah. the way. Jules, one point back and flying. Yeah, very impressive. Every time, pretty much, they, go, they went forward. They could have scored. 
Jude Bellingham was was very impressive carrying the Yemi. I mean, everybody scored, literally. Like, everybody who, who, who had the ball at some point in the last 30 yards scored. Well done to them. Putting that pressure, keeping that pressure on Bayern. Harry Kane gets the only goal as Tottenham beat Crystal Palace 1-0. Gab, he's now passed Wayne Rooney. And only Alan Shearer is ahead of him in the Premier League all-time scoring table. As you know, I don't care about the Premier League's all-time scoring table because I think it's stupid uh, because football didn't begin in 1992 when Shearer scored a bunch of goals before the Premier League era. What is relevant is he's 21st, he has 209 goals. Yeah. If he scores another 80 goals uh, in his career, a minimum, which I think he can do because he turns yeah. 30 this summer, uh, he will be fourth on the all-time list. Ahead of him, only Dixie Dean, 310, Steve Bloomer, 314, and Jimmy Greaves on 357. That, that is impressive. Jules, Frank Lampard Jr. has won his first game in his second stint as Chelsea manager after six defeats. Yeah. It's a 3-1 win over Bournemouth. It is, and there were times, the games before, and we said that, where they played well and didn't deserve to lose maybe, and but still lost. In this game, maybe the win is a little <laughs> bit fortunate, let's be honest, but it's a, it's a big win. It's hugely men mentally, psychologically, I love the Chelsea fans singing, we're staying up, we're staying up. That kind of stuff is good. It's good for him, I'm sure. It's good for the players, finally, to have a bit of positive around. It could have gone the other way, but like games before, could have gone Chelsea's way and didn't. So, again, you take that. And then what well, the next game is Leeds, and then after that, it's three really big games to finish. But... But yeah, they're not big games. They're relevant games. Just playing out the, well, United City and, the season. United City and Newcastle to finish the season. They're not big games. They're important for United City. They're and Newcastle huge games. They're playing for stuff. They're not important they're for Chelsea. Huge games. But well done, well done for the stick that we gave you. Big win for Inter as well. Two 0 away to Roma. Gab the fourth place. Mourinho making headlines again as he as he's tired because he's much more than just a manager. You know. Yeah, he was on a roll with this one. Uh, look. The context is Roma have a ton of injuries. Yeah. Um, he he did something to prove the point. He took some of his injured players on the bench with him. I'm talking about players, not just players who can are injured and can only play a little bit, like DiBala, but players who are injured and can't play at all. Yeah. Like El Sharawi, Genie Vinaldum. <laughs> he names them to the bench, names a bunch of kids to the bench, sends all the kids on at the end uh, to prove his point about how, how depleted his squad is, how he needs more players. Uh, and then he comes out and, you know, there's already some tension between him and, and, and the ownership. Yeah. He's in, he'll be in the third year of his contract. Obviously, they have a big Europa League uh, coming up and you already won a title last year. And then he gives it the usual Mourinho thing. He's just like, oh, I'm tired because I'm, the work I do here is much more than just my work as a coach and oh, manager, blah, blah, blah. blah. I talk, you know, oh. It's up to the club to speak. Oh, I was all down. He got oh. a demented war of words yeah. with Renzo Olivieri, who's the... Renzo Olivieri is a former manager. He's really old now. He's, he's the president of the League Managers Association in Italy. So he, he's elected president, right? And in the mid-80s, Olivieri was caught up in a match-fixing scandal. He received a three-year ban. After two years, um, the ban was, was overturned, and they said, this guy is completely innocent. He could not have known. He was unaware, blah, blah, blah. But Mourinho obviously didn't read that far into the Wikipedia page. Um, um, was not told about like, that. Oh, 
Well, Oliveira had criticized Mourinho when Mourinho had said, this referee I had was the worst ever, and he wore a mic, and he said, like, look, you know, the, we should try helping referees, blah, blah, blah. So he had to go to Oliveira. He's like, you know, oh, how does somebody who was match-fixing get to be president of the League Managers Association? Um, well, because he's elected, simply put. So <laughs> he's, he's picking these stupid fights. They're seventh in the league now. They're, yeah, look, they're seventh in the league, as you mentioned. I think they've been unlucky with injuries on the positive front. You can't change the fact he won a trophy last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very close to winning a trophy again this year. Um, they play Bayer Leverkusen, of course, and then they win, play the winner of Juventus and Sevilla if they reach the final. But, but all this stuff is so unnecessary. Yeah. All the constant, the headaches and so on. And it's obvious. He's trying to put pressure. The fans are totally with him yeah, yeah, on the ownership to do something. Yeah, Friedkin can cut more checks. But then the financial fair play people are going to come to him and say, hey, Mr. Friedkin, you know, uh, you got a problem. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, people find this entertaining. I, I don't. <laughs> I wish he would just focus on what he does best, which is coaching the team, achieving results, yeah. and, mm. and getting everybody together. Mm. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/gabjewels. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/gabjewels. Lons beat Marseille 2-1 to take second spot behind Paris Saint-Germain. Still not overly worried, right, Jules? No? No, they're six points behind. It's not, it's not so much... You'd be more worried if Marseille had won because they've only been five points behind. Yeah, it's not so much that. It's the, what an incredible game that was on Saturday. We said it was that kind of a Champions League playoff final, really, if you wanted, because it was second against third. Now Lens a third. Uh, second, sorry, two points clear of Marseille with a slightly better goal difference. And, and with four games to go, if Lens can just keep that second place, they will go straight into the Champions League next season when Marseille will have to go through the qualifiers, which is always tricky. But an incredible game, Seco Fofana with the first goal, which magnificent goal. Uh, Paris born and bred, of course, Seco Fofana. Although not, not, the best, not the best Fofana in Ligue 1, yeah? No, I think he is the best Fofana in Ligue 1. The Monaco guy? Yusuf Fofana hasn't had a good season as good as Seko Fofana, yeah. Okay, all right. I but there was a point where we had Wesley Fofana, Yusuf Fofana, Seko Fofana, all great Fofanas in Ligue 1. Um, but I don't know how many would be left. I think Yusuf Fofana would leave Ligue 1 next season. But for this game, it was amazing. The atmosphere was, was crazy. There was a bit of controversy because Marseille, Alexis Sanchez scored a goal that was disallowed for a foul that was maybe not too evident on... Uh, Kevin Donso, it was it was just great, great spectacle. Yeah, let me help you with that. Not foul. That was not too evident. That was not a foul. Everybody says it was a foul. Even to be fair, some of the Marseille players say like, okay, maybe I've been watching too much Premier League. No, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's there's not much in it for sure, for sure. 
Victor Osimhen scores the only goal as Napoli return to the Maradona as champions of Italy and having a big party. But Gab, other clubs are already circling and some suggest that Cristiano Giuntoli, sorry, and even Luciano Spalletti might not be back next season. What? Yeah, two different stories. Yeah. So... Juntoli's uh, obviously is the guy who's done the tremendous job. Obviously, sporting director. The, the, yeah, he's the sporting director. They lost their three best players, cut the wage bill thirty percent. You know, he's the guy who who brought in Kim and and Kvaratskhelia and stuff. And you know, it's a ton of praise. He's been strongly linked to to Juventus right now, uh, which is inevitable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's also been linked with some clubs in the Premier League. I don't know how it's going to work out. It will make me slightly uneasy with him. He's done a tremendous job, but he's only ever worked at a high level. I mean, he's worked at other clubs before, but in Naples, sometimes that can yeah. be a difficult uh, transition. The Spalletti situation, so <laughs> this is so Aurelio de la Rinti, the Napoli president. He has an option. He had an option for next season on his contract, right? Obviously... So in the league, you, he would expect to sign a new contract and have a discussion about mm-hmm. well, how we're going to strengthen the team, whatever. Instead, he got one of those like you know you know when you get like that mail, but it's like secure registered mail. You have to click on a link to open it. <laughs> he gets one of those from the club, which says, "Oh, by the way, we've decided to uh, exercise the option and bring you back next year." And he was kind of like, "Well, wait a minute, we're in the middle of a party and stuff. We've just won the title." We can't get on the phone and talk about this. You just kind of decide, like, we're exercising your option. You're going nowhere. Um, but he would stay, right? Surely. I would imagine he will stay. Spalletti is an odd cat. Um, I don't know how seriously he f- might feel a little bit disrespected by it. I think even the fact that he shared yeah. this bit of information with everybody else tells you about his state of mind right now. I don't think it's about money. It's about getting paid. It's about respect from Spalletti's perspective. Yeah. If he feels disrespected, who knows? Wild stuff in Ooh, Ligue, Ligue 1, the place to be this Incredible. Uh, Olympique Lyonnais come from 4-1 down. It was 4-1 down. It was nearly an hour played. Yeah. Um, they win 5-4 against Montpellier. I don't know if that's not the amazing part of that is amazing in itself. Yeah. I don't think I have ever seen in many, many years of watching football two players score four goals. Your boy, Alexandre Lacazette, yeah. and, of course, Eli Wahi. Yeah, incredible. I mean, the last time it happened, I mean, the only time it happened in French football history was in, back in 1974 when Reims uh, and Nice played each other. And, and, and Paris Saint-Germain was just three years old. Uh-huh. And Carlos Bianchi scored four and Delio only scored four as well. Uh, incredible stuff. But it was just a game like you could start watching and yeah, Montpellier beat Monaco 4-0, for example, last weekend. So they were in good form. For Lyon, it's a bit hit and miss. You never know. You watch them, but you never know really what kind of Lyon is going to turn up. Although they've got talent, Cherki, Barcola, Lacazette, etc. And then after 55 minutes, 4-1 for Montpellier. It's just like, wow, okay, what's happening? And you just recover from the four goals by Eli Wahi, who's 20, who's one of the most promising strikers in, in France right now, who's going to move to some bigger and better things in the summer. And then the some rem- people think the club whose shirt you're wearing right now, which is Milan, yeah. by the way, for those who are listening on the podcast. Yes, for example, Milan, but I think clubs in Germany, clubs in England, in France as well, everybody is, is looking at Eli Wai and the talent that he has. I mean, Dejan Lovren, who plays for, for, for Lyon now, uh, said like <laughs> after the game, he said, that striker for Montpellier, I mean, I think he could have said his name, but <laughs> didn't say his name. So that striker for Montpellier really is amazing. He's got everything, like if he was discovering him, but... Why he's amazing. He's got 32 goals already in Liga in his career. Only Kylian has more at the same age. So wonderful. And then when you think, okay, this is already great to digest, 
Then Lyon come back into the game, 4-2, uh, Barcola assist for Lacazette, 4-3. Uh, Lovren had a 4-4 Barcola assist for Lacazette and then it's 4-4 with only a few minutes to go in, in injury time at the time and then and the game penalty. is over the game is over call everybody back and then Lacazette is very clever in the way he gets a penalty Christopher Julian the former Celtic defender so fouls him and then it's a penalty in the 100th minute <laughs> And Lacazette, for his hat-trick, scores in the top corner to make it 5-4. The stadium exploded. The last time a team won 5-4 in Ligue 1 after being 4-0 down or 4-1 down was Marseille when Laurent Blanc, now the Lyon manager, was a player at the time and he was against Montpellier. And Lyon, but Laurent Blanc back then was presumably old because the man was Yeah, and he was playing and scored a penalty in that game. But Marseille were 4-0 down and won 5-4 at the Velodrome. Incredible. Really, really wild stuff. Incredible. Go and check the, the highlights because it's really, really worth it. Kevin Campbell scored the only goal as Leipzig beat Freiburg 1-0 again and leapfrogged the opposition into third place. God, this was big in the race for top four. It was big. Leipzig very much the form team right now. Yeah. And again, don't let the scoreline fool you. Leipzig had a bunch of chances in the first half. Uh, Freiburg a little bit better in the second. And then it took this Kevin Campbell goal where Kevin Campbell is one of those players who personally I never liked just because he's so idiosyncratic. <laughs> oh, like, I like him. Check out the goal. Like you see yeah. this dude like, told you like running through the midfield, you know, tackles bouncing off him. Plays a one-two, finishes. Uh, they missed some huge chances yeah, earlier. Yeah. You know, and this is the same Leipzig team that was so prolific last weekend, of course. Um, yeah, they, they, much as they're unlikable for many reasons, they'll be in Europe next year. They will be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Union Berlin, however, screw it up. Much to producer Freddie's yes, uh, uh, disappointment sorry, against Freddy. Augsburg. As they lose one nil away and don't take advantage of Freiburg's defeat, duels are sinking yeah, fast. Yeah, it's tough for them. Gab, you're right. And to be fair for Augsburg in the fight against relegation to stay up, it was a huge win for them. But very disappointing performance from Union uh, and obviously results because it's not completely over. They still they will be. There's three teams level on points with Freiburg. Yeah, exactly. So they can still do it. But it's true that it doesn't look like they have much momentum right now. Liverpool are heavily linked with Jörg Schmatzke, the Wolfsburg's former director of football, Gab. Does that make sense to you? It's weird because Schmatzke, like when I, when I think of the people who had this role at Liverpool, right? Michael Edwards and Julian yeah. Ward. What do they have in common? They're, you know, they look like the guys from like the computer help desk. Yeah, I'm exactly. not saying they're nerds, the data. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, they're like Heavily. serious, younger, blah, blah, blah. Schmacke is not, you know, he's older. He's not one of those guys who gets mentioned as being like, oh, isn't he a genius yeah. director of football? Um, you know, he had a, I think he was a goalkeeper uh, in the 80s and 90s, kind of like fell into it, did very well. Uh, I think it was at Cologne before Wolfsburg. Les Wolfsburg in February to spend more time with his family. It seems like a weird appointment. Yeah, um, I'm not saying he's bad at his job. No. But in terms of the model that Liverpool have had until now, he certainly seems like somebody who's a lot more old school. Yeah, you know, Kind definitely. of the data, smartest guys in the room type uh, you know, gig that, that has taken Liverpool to their recent success. I don't know. Maybe he's, 
he's Jurgen Klopp's mate. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, but he's had difficult relationship with some of his managers as well when he was in charge. So he historically he's he's been a very very outspoken, colorful yeah. character. So yeah, I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but this story seems to be very well sourced and reported. Yeah, Dante has signed a contract extension ah. in Nice, which means he'll be back next season when he turns 40, following in the channeling his inner Vitorino Hilton. Exactly. Uh, Jules, he has started all but one game this season, yeah. which is which is incredible to me. Really incredible, and often in the back three, which is okay. You know, we see Thiago Silva playing a lot in the back three. But not just for what he's done on the pitch, but everything outside as well in the dressing and the room. And the hair, of course. What a great captain. What a great servant to Nice and to football in general, but also for his teammates, what a guy he is. And as people know, we love when players play in the 40 and when they still play well. So well done to Dante. Uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit indeed. The Daily Mail reports that the Premier League will launch a weekly show co-hosted by Howard Webb in which he will discuss refereeing decisions. Gab? So this is this, <laughs> I mean, this is a on. show actually produced by the Premier League. So it's going to go out if you watch the Premier League. It's going to go out to Premier League yeah. territories all over the world. Um, like Howard Webb is the head of the referees in England for for the PGMOL. I think this is a bad idea, Jules. And the reason it's a bad idea is this isn't like having an ex-referee. Isn't like you know when Peter Walton, Dermot Gallagher, these guys come on. Yeah, and, and explain. You know, yeah, yeah. Some of them always defend the referees. Yeah. But you're their boss. So I think you have to be so very careful in, in how you speak. I mean, my boss, our boss, sticks up for us when we're in trouble. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to defend them all the time because you also have to be held to account. But that should happen, I think, behind closed doors. If you want to get somebody external to do it, I, I just worry that either this is going to result in... Howard Webb saying things that then he later regrets if he's honest because he says I shouldn't have mentioned this in public um, or if it results in him just defending his guys all the time uh, again I, I'm a big fan of Howard Webb um, yeah. I love the transparency side of it I don't think it should be the role of the head of the PGMOL maybe not but it's a step forward it's interesting because you would want more transparency and people talking even maybe like we see in Germany actual referees coming on the show and explaining why I'm okay with the referee coming and explaining yeah. his own decisions. I'm totally fine with that. Let's I just don't know that it should be the boss of the organization. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's see. Our boy, Vincent and Company, has yeah. signed a five-year deal with Burnley after, of course, leading the promotion this year. Yeah, I think that puts an end to the rumours about his future and maybe the interest of some Premier League clubs for, for Vini. He's done an amazing job. We said he's very happy. I think he wants... To, he wants to show what he did with Burnley and take them to the Premier League and see and see how well his ideas, his methods, his philosophy fair, to be fair, in the Premier League. So I think, I think he's right. I, I still think he wants to manage a Premier League club next season. But that club is Burnley! Hey! Exactly. Sports in Catalonia reports that Barcelona are willing to entertain offers for Ansu Fati. And George Mendes is hard at work already trying to get him a move. With one possibility being sending him to Wolves in exchange of Ruben Neves and 30 million euros. I'm sure Ansu Fati would be delighted <laughs> to the idea of going to Wolves. Okay, I am not dissing Wolves here. Um, but, come on now. Now, yeah. the, the reason Please. for this is not about Wolves or whatever. No. It is that you're George Mendes. You're so well connected. You're basically, by putting your story out there, you're basically saying, oh, look, 
the only offer we have is from my club, Wolves, right? Because lest we forget, yeah. George Mendes' agency, Justy Foot, and what I don't think should be allowed, their bigger shareholders, also the guy who owns Wolves. Exactly. How that, it's a walking, talking conflict of interest. Yeah. Uh, also, if Barcelona need to cut costs, I'm sure Ruben Neves is on a hefty salary. Yeah. Um, I mean, great player. Also, Ruben Neves plus 30 million. Ruben Neves at this stage of his career, on his wages, I don't, I mean, how much do you think he's worth? 30 million? 40 million? Yeah, maybe a bit more. He's, he's an outstanding Premier League midfielder. He's only got X number of years left now. He's been young for a very long time, Ruben Neves. Right? Yeah, he's still okay. He's still um, in a good age back here. I, I don't like this. I don't like the way it really seems like they're just trying to push Ansu Fati yeah. out of the club. And it seems like a stupid thing to do because Ansu Fati right now, you know, he's on a down. You're not going to get the full value for him. Remember how excited we were about yeah. Ansu Fati? We've seen what he can do. So... It seems like an odd approach. I don't know yeah. who's doing it. I don't know if it's, you know, Matteo Alemani who's on his way out. I don't know if it's Jordi Cruyff. I don't know if this is Mendes and his servant yeah, saying, hey, let me put down a baseline offer of what can happen and let's see others come out of the woodwork. Let's generate more offers for Ansu. I don't know. But um, it could be a long summer for Barcelona in terms of transfer rumors oh and <laughs> everything. Jean-Michel Alas is oh. stepping down as Leon president after 36 years in yeah. charge. Jules, give us some context. Yeah, it's really Because he's really, it's really remarkable career, remarkable range. Yeah, really. yeah. And not just, not just that, because they keep breaking the story this morning that he was leaving when he should have stayed another two and a half years, or two years, really, because when the club was bought by John Texter, uh, last June, uh, or kind of last June, but then going on to the start of the, the, start of the season, uh, Olas was signed a contract to stay three years as a kind of a, in a governance role, if you want. So you stay president for three years and you help out with John Texter, who wants to kind of restructure the club, all of that. It was not supposed to live in that way on a morning in May when the season is not over and Lyon are still fighting to no. finish fifth place and qualify for, okay, albeit the Europa Conference League, but still in Europe. So this showed the tension within the club between John Textor and Jean-Michel Olas, not, not on the same page at all. Textor wanting to restructure the club already quite massively, quite brutally in a way. Olas clearly after being here, he, he bought the club 36 years ago when they were in the second division full of debts. It took them, it took them to be the best club in France for many, many what, years. Seven in a row, was it? Yeah, Eight seven in a row. row. One of the best clubs in Europe, if you remember. They were always in the Champions League yeah. semi-final, quarter-final at least. So this is not the ending he wanted. And he also built a huge women's operation, turning them into arguably at the time, or for a couple of years anyway, the best women's team in the yeah, world. Yeah, and still now amongst probably the top three, top five best um, women's team in the world, going into US, the US and, you know, buying the rain and stuff like that. It's, it's great what he did. And, and he's going to get a 10 million euro paycheck to say goodbye, which, okay, I know money doesn't buy you happiness, but it's, it's still a good conversation. However, this is certainly not the way, and seeing the character that he is, the way that he wanted his, his kind of career in football to end, because I don't think there's any way back now after that. So it's a very, very sad day in a way. Quite interesting to see sometimes when a club is bought by someone who has very different ideas, even if at the beginning there's an agreement, like it was in this case for three years, then it doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah, I, I think, like, so this, this, this texter fella uh, obviously owns a chunk of Crystal Palace exactly, as well. Yeah. He tried to buy Benfica at one point, yeah. which I don't even know you can buy Benfica, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah. The way it's set yeah, up. But, so it's just, yeah. Um, it just seems, nothing's easy or simple with him. I mean, to me, it seems, the guy built, the. I know he, he's probably brought 
I don't know what he does for a living, but I'm assuming he's another hedgy private yeah, equity is, yeah. type, right? Yeah, finance. Well, if you buy a club, you don't want to keep the founder around. Um, or you only want to do it in certain circumstances, right? Mm. And if you keep him around, it's because you want him to actually run the club. So I would have had no problem if Texter had said, hey, Jean-Michel, here's the offer. You know, you could be honorary president with no say. Yeah, he was still on the right? board, yeah. That, that makes sense. But to do this, to have him sign that three-year contract and then be surprised when you're at loggerheads, yeah, I, it's just, it's I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. No. I agree. Ajax played a nil-nil draw with Alkmaar, but 154 visiting fans were not present. Gab, they were arrested before kickoff on their way to the ground. Yeah, and so I, to me this is interesting because I think this is nearly, nearly unprecedented. And um, you know, I'm sorry to have to talk about abuse of this kind again on the show. But So Ajax kind of self-identify for historical reasons. They call themselves the Jews. Yeah. Um, and some opposing fans use that as a reason to sing anti-Semitic songs uh, against Ajax. Ajax, by the way, like, it's not a historically Jewish club. They've had Jewish presidents. They've had Jewish players like Svart and whatever back in the day. That link isn't so much there, but people wear this kind of like a badge of pride, of, yeah. of otherness or whatever. It's a complicated sociological discussion. But... These Alkmaar fans, I think they were they were riding a bus or, or a train or something, and they kept singing this, uh, singing these anti-Semitic songs yeah. about about Ajax. Uh, they get out and they're all arrested. Um, I think we need to have very very clear rules. This is obviously away from the football pitch. I don't think it's desirable in the kind of city I would want to live in to have yeah. 150 <clears throat> people uh, walking down the street singing an anti-Semitic song. Uh, even if it is in a football context or whatever. I don't think that's acceptable. Equally, I'm assuming this happens most weeks when Ajax plays. So it's not like all of a yeah, sudden yeah, you can say, now we're going to yeah, force this. We've right? heard it before. So, but it is a step, and I think it's a step towards a better situation and a better environment, certainly on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've said that the, 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 the atmosphere at games in the Eredivisie scene has been quite toxic at times. We saw the scenes in the, in in the, the Curb, for example, semi-final, yeah, yeah. Semi-final of the Curb, Feyenoord, PSV, Ajax, all of that. It's, something has to be done. Celtic are champions in Scotland for the Yay! second straight year, which uh, also coincides with uh, Ange Postacoglu's arrival at the club. Jules, yeah, I'm a big fan of Ange. When he arrived, <clears throat> he was subject to some anti-Aussie prejudice, let's say so. Uh, yeah, and I think he proved a lot of doubters, let's say, because I don't think he proved people wrong. He was a really good coach before, but showed, especially in the style of football, this game was, was not won in style. They won, Kyogo scored again, he had an, an amazing season again. Um, but the, the, the brand of football has been great, and it's the 53rd title, only two now behind Rangers on 55. Well done, they can still win. Um, when you add in all the silly cups, it might even be more than Real Madrid's 100 titles that you were banging on so about I think, earlier. So I think now, I looked it up the other day, I think there's six clubs in the history who have won more than 100 trophies, two of them being Celtic and Rangers. Right. Now Real Madrid, I can't remember, I'm sorry, who the others are. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you see, here you go. Super classical time in Argentina, Gabi. An injury time penalty from Miguel Borja gives River a 1-0 win over Boca and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, as you would expect, tense game. Um, you know, very, very nice scenes at the Monumental or oh, whatever amazing. it's called these days. Um, but basically they score in the third minute of, of injury time. It's a penalty. It's a light pen as well. Yeah. I think they had yeah. a better shot for the previous one yeah. um, at the other end. But, but um, 
as they celebrate, somebody celebrates too close to the bench. There's a massive brawl. Uh, in the end, seven red cards, wow. four to players on the pitch, which finishes 10 v 8. One to a coach and the other two to, um, I think they were Boca substitutes. So, hey, super classical, man. How <laughs> would you expect? The Boca, terrible season. They're 13th in the table when River and Demichelis as a manager flying at the top. It's tough, tough for Boca. Super Martin Demichelis. I want to see him in Europe at some point. Jules, I think we have a new candidate for oh. miss of the season. Maybe miss of the decade. Uh, in the Leo game. Oh, Remy Cabela. I mean, uh, one amazing season he's had, although he had a shocking miss earlier in the season as well in a game that they lost. But this one against Reims on Saturday, the XG is 0.96. Gab, he's literally the cross crumb from the right-hand side. He's, the goal is here. The line is here. He's here. Like, he cannot miss. And yet, he hits it with the inside of his left foot and the ball goes towards the post and the goalkeeper instead of going straight into the goal. It's unreal. It's an unreal miss. They lost 1-0. It is worth your time going to find this. This yeah. game could cost them a place in Europe. Yeah, of course. Um, 0.96. Like, if you score, the XG is 1.00. That means 24 times out of 25, yeah. that ball goes in the back yeah. of the net. Unreal stuff. Incredible. Urara Red Diamonds are Asian, Asian champions for the third time, Gab. They won the final against Ali Hilal. They did. This is over two legs. Um, it was 1-1 in the first leg in, in, uh, in Saudi. Uh, one nil uh, in the second leg. Yeah, I just watched this on television. Tremendous scene, tremendous choreography from the from the fans. The, the um, atmosphere, yeah, was brilliant. You know, people wonder why do they make this two legs? I don't just do it one leg and stuff. I think it's obvious. There's travel restrictions mm -hmm. and whatever they want the color of the two sides. But I think Vial Hilal, who you know, when you look at it from their perspective, they're doing great in the uh, yeah. in the Saudi league against Cristiano Ronaldo's of course, team, of course, uh, Al Nasser. And they could have done a big double, and I think they're going to feel that they kind of they kind of threw this yeah. one away. And it's a non-goal by Andre Carrillo, the Peruvian strike uh, forward, which even must be even more gutted to lose a final like that. Yeah, and a and a stupid own goal too. Super, right? Completely like, stupid. Side footed. It's yeah. Not not yeah. difficult. Yeah. Jules, that brings us to an end. Wow. Well, we got to come back on Thursday. Oh yes. You know what? It's the champion. Do, 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 do. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.